from a, this book called Reflections, Daily Reflections, something people do. They look at a statement every day and they, you know, contemplate it during the day. So this was accepting success or failure. It says, furthermore, how shall we come to terms with seeming failure or success? I want to just stay right there. Yeah? It doesn't say, furthermore, how shall we come to terms with failure or success? It says seeming failure or success. Yeah? This is the key of perception. You know? The alcoholism skews your perception. Yeah? Your, specific, your perspective gets shifted, and you take it to be the God-honest truth. Yeah? You think what you're seeing is what's being seen, is truly that. But it's all based on seemingly. So in the first one of the forwards of the big book, they talk about we are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So hopeless state of mind and body, there'd be no recovery from. Yeah, we'd be hopeless. So you might as well get loaded because it's hopeless. That's how I lived out there because I took it to be a hopeless state of mind and body, and I was just going to stay as loaded as I could as long as I could before I got institutionalized or sent to jail or died. You know, that's basically the drive. But it was all rooted in that hopelessness. And yet, he's stating a fact that it was seemingly hopeless. And seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. So the falsehood or the truth of anything is really based on your truth or falsehood. Yeah. It's where your mind is resting. That's where the meaning is going to be given from. Things aren't giving us a meaning. We're giving them a meaning. Yeah. So it says a seeming failure of success because you know, like you come into recovery and you have a big story about the worst thing that ever happened to you. Let's say, you know, getting arrested or something. For me, getting run over by a car. So you have a story that this was the worst thing that ever happened to you. And you're going on years and years stoking that story, getting a, you know, auxiliary stories to support that story. That story having this huge influence in all your other stories. I can't go out with shorts because of my leg and da 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 da. You know what I mean? Can't run anymore, blah, 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 blah. And so then you come into recovery, and what happens? You stay in the program for a while, and your perspective, your perceptions shift a little, your mind shifts a little. Then suddenly, it hits you that that thing that was the worst thing that happened to you was the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. That's an extreme demonstration from worst to best. Yeah. So there's the worst thing that ever happened to me. And for years, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Suddenly, did it change? <laughs> did the worst thing that ever happen? Did, did, did that night I got run over a car change and I actually didn't get run over by a car? <laughs> you know? No, all the facts, seeming facts are the same. Yeah, that's what happened. But how it's being held or the meaning it's being given has shifted. Yeah, that's it. That's the activity going on all day. It's you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. To just to entertain that past, let it sink in and just see how it flowers in your view. Yeah, just put the seed in there. This is what these statements are. They're just seeds. You're the fertile ground. The mind is the fertile ground. Let the seeds land there. You don't have to landscape it. You're not the gardener. You don't have to water it and this and that. It's going to do its thing, yeah? It's going to self-germinate in a way. And what happens is, you'll get, it may occur to one of the first initial demonstrations is, hey, the worst thing that ever happened to me is, was the best thing that ever happened to me. Get on with it. Get the clue, yeah? <laughs> There's a huge clue. A principle is just demonstrated in your life 
It couldn't get you with a subtlety, so it just meant the worst thing that happened is now the best thing that happened. Or I'm totally an addict and now I'm recovering. I mean, they're pretty contrasting. They're pretty, I mean, they're pretty different color, you know, black and whitish. So hopefully the mind gets it, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? If Was I that addict and am I the recovered person? Or I wasn't the addict nor the recovered or the recovered person. There was addiction and recovery going on. That's what's happening, yeah? The mind was entertaining addiction and that's what was going on. Now it's entertaining recovery and that's what's going on. The story of being the one who's addicted and the one who's recovered is an afterthought. It's not what's compelling or moving life. It's an afterthought. The movement of life has already been generated. It's going on, yeah? There's recovery going on. That's what's happening. Now, when the recovery is going on, there can be, there's a mental story that I'm the one who's in recovery, I'm recovering, I'm the recovered one, I'm, they're not the recovered one, I am, da 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 all this stuff. And our interest and attention tends to go in that way because it's about us, yeah? All those stories are about the you that you're not. And that it holds a shine to it. We give it the shine, yeah, by our interests. But it seems like it's shiny. It's about me. And when it's something's not about you for a while, you sort of get bored sometimes with it, you know? You want something to be about you a lot. Yeah? So here you go. It says, all right, we are 100 men and women who recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The definition of seemingly, it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah? It can't appear to be true or false. It needs a you to appear to be true or false too, yeah? So the you is what gives it the meaning of being false, and also the you is what gives the meaning of being true. Where can it get the meaning of being true to give it to that? Unless it is the truth, yeah? Unless somehow or another, no matter what you're thinking or feeling about yourself, somehow or another, you are the reality, yeah? The reality is demonstrating itself through us, yeah? And no reality, moving through this, goes either or, yes or no, true or false. That's what it does. It gives meaning to things here. Yeah. So it could give meaning like the worst thing that happened to me, and then it's the best thing that happened to me. That's a pretty damn good demonstration. You could get the whole enchilada just by seeing that, because that's what's going on all day. Yeah. So today I'm not feeling good. This is a big problem. I'm feeling good. It's not a problem. The next day, I'm not feeling good. It's a problem again. What the hell is it? If it was, if it had a reality, the reality would be stable, and it would be a problem. Yeah, a problem, 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 a problem. Yeah, but it fluctuates from, and it can do it in five seconds. Problem, not a problem. Problem, not a problem. It's so fast sometimes that you can't keep up with it, you know? Just like in you know, people's experience in recovery, the big sense of being free in recovery is not from drinking and drugs. That's an aspect of it. But free from the bondage of self. That's what it states. You know? Please relieve us of the bondage of self. So here's the mind playing this game again. 10 o'clock in the morning, it's feeling pretty good. It's At that point, it's in the experience of being freed from the bondage of self. 10.05, it's now bonded to the idea of being a self. Yeah, Actually, here it is. 10 o'clock, there's the feeling of being freed from bondage of self. 10 o'clock plus 30 seconds, 
the selfing has claimed it, and now it's you that's freed from the bondage of self, which lends to the experience of being up the ass of self again. That's really what happens. You know? <laughs> and it goes on and on like this, all day. Yeah? All based on not your state of being, but your mental state. Yeah? The mental state becomes the dominant theme setter instead of the state of being being the dominant theme setter. So, he says, all right, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And then this is a simple example. He's just talking about, furthermore, how shall shall we come to terms with seeming failure or success? There's no way in hell he needed to use that word seeming there. He could have said, how furthermore, this would be much more therapeutic. Furthermore, how shall we come to terms with failure or, or success? Yeah? All right, let's get down with it, man. Failure or success, two different things. I want to be successful and I don't want to fail. But he states it before seem. It's seeming failure and success based on your condition. When your condition changes, the thing changes. Why keep that as a random event that you never acknowledge the principle in it? Why do you want to keep going like that? Living in the dark, basically, and not seeing how life actually works here. Yeah. Once you see in the consequential levels the principles that run the consequentials level, now you're moving to a different level of not just experiences based on the mental whims and conditions, but a sense or a state that can stabilize. So instead of being in the act of surrendering and then forgetting to surrender and then surrendering again and then taking it back, which goes on and on and on, you stay in a state called surrendered. It's just a done deal now. You're not in the freaking activity of taking back a topic because it's important to you. Because you know what happens when you do. That topic, you think you want to own someone, it owns you. Yeah. Just see it in the thoughts. If the thoughts are held as yours, the thoughts own you now. Don't they? They're driving you crazy, aren't they? They dictate how this day is. I don't care... You can have the greatest session, surf session, this and that. It can be overridden by three thoughts. Wasn't enough. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, someone got a better wave. It It can just, the simplest little trigger can change the meaning that's being given to that event. Instead of, uh, let's say, emphasizing or making available an ease and comfort, it's used to actually stir up the pot and produce more anxiety, yeah? Even when you get introduced to peace, when you use it to measure if you're peaceful or not, it's not promoting any relief in you, it's promoting agitation in you, yeah? It's probably better if you never heard the topic of peace. You would probably have been more at peace by not hearing about peace than you are by hearing about peace, yeah? Once you start seeing what's going on here, there's something that happens. I think it's, the, it's like the living grace is awareness. Yeah? You become aware of what's going on, and then what's going on doesn't have the huge influence that it used to have on you. Not because what's going on changes, it may or may not, but somehow the mind changes. Yeah? And then when you see that all of that is truly affected by all of this, it's much better, much wiser to put your attention on this. Because this, therefore that, yeah? Not that, therefore this. You can't do and have yourself into a, a state of being. All that can happen is being, in, doing and having yourself into another state of mind, a mental state, 
Yeah? And you can't use doing and having to produce an effect that's a cause, which is the state of being. It's not an effect that you're going to have in your life. Oh, I feel like I'm being now. It's all there is going on here is being. It's like finally putting, letting the horse be in front of the cart and then see how easy the cart moves when there's the horse pulling it instead of being behind the cart trying to push it. Yeah. I don't know. I share this because this is what frees me. I hear a little something and it triggers an incredible relief and release. The mind just goes... That word seemingly had so much, such a huge impact on me because it explained a whole lot of what's going on here. Because I couldn't see. How can I pin something down as the worst thing that ever happened to me when it doesn't stay the worst thing that ever happened to me? <laughs> How can I say that's real if it changes its reality all day? Because it's not changing its reality. My mind is giving it the reality it has, yeah, based on the condition of the mind. And we've realized from our own experiences, and especially an extreme example of living under the yoke of alcoholism or addiction, we see what a life run on self-will looks like. We see that self-centeredness, self-obsession is the root of the problem. We see all that. Yeah? Yet, we, it's like becoming a professor of holes. It's not leading us from falling into the holes anymore. It gets co-opted into a form of self-knowledge, which screws you even more. Because now you know why you're screwed, but you're still screwed. The whole point of drinking was you knew you were screwed or anyway. You just didn't want to re- recognize you were screwed for as long as possible. Now the knowledge is causing you to realize you're screwed. That's the last thing you wanted. Unless it could change, why does someone want to know they're screwed if there's no possibility of it changing? It goes totally against the mental logic. You may act like you want to be free, but you don't want to be free. The selfing doesn't want to be free. It wants to look like it's free as a self. Yeah, That's different than freedom from self. Most of us are living a life, in some level, trying to be free as a self. How's it worked out for you? It's a simple shift to freedom from self. And it doesn't take any time to be free from self because the root of the bondage of self is identification. You're taking yourself to be something that you're not, yeah? So there's no need to undo any knots. There's no knot. Yeah? You are not that. You will never were that. You're never going to be that. And you are not that now. So the best way to get out of something is maybe to realize you're not in it. Saves you an incredible amount of effort and time. Which isn't going to produce the goods because it can't be produced. You are that. Yeah? You're past the production level. What it's doing now is expressing. It's not producing itself here. It's not attempting to find itself here. It's expressing here. Yeah? It's called manifestation. It's manifesting. Just like we say in recovery, hey, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. What are the various ways? Hey, we'll save you the trouble. The first one is resentment. The next one's fear. The third one is harming other people in the pursuit of what you want. All right? Do an inventory on those three things, and you'll see the whole enchilada. You don't have to go over the minutiae of how self-defeated you. See the basic drive of how it does it, and then there's a possibility 
to be free from it. Simple as that. Yeah. You don't need 800 examples. Some people need one example. They hear it, bingo. Some people need 50 examples. It produces tons of manifestations. You can, lead, you can use every one of them to lead back to the whole from which it came. It's like tying a string to a mouse's tail. It's inevitably going to go back to its hole. And if you hold, follow the string, you'll go back there. Yeah, follow it. Bill W. attempt to map a course on how to do that. The how, to see, how did self defeat us? Well, it defeated us in all these ways. What gave it the possibility to defeat us? That's the key. Yeah. What allowed it, carte blanche in our life, seeming our life, to defeat us in? What gave us that? What gave it that possibility? Well, I believe it's identification as that. Because every time it enters a topic of yours, as soon as it walks in the door, you call it me. You never check its papers. You never look at its resume. You never judge it by has it worked or not. It gets carte blanche to enter your relationships, your financial concerns, your health concerns, because it, oh, it's me. Yeah. It's the identification as that which is allowing it to manifest through you into this life. And what does it say there? Be convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. There you go. Yeah. Reach the level of being convinced, and then that's that. Now look at it. And then like Dogen said, this great Zen master, to study Buddhism is to study the self. And to study the self is to forget the self. Because if you study the self, you will, be, you will forget it because it's not you. Yeah? If, you study, if you study as the self, every time you study about it is going to be remembering it. But if you study the self and see it's not you, what happens? For me, I lost interest in it. I lost interest and attention in it. I could give a shit about its stories anymore because they weren't me. Yeah, that was it. And then suddenly what happened? A whole new vista of peace and possibilities arose seemingly out of nowhere with no thought or effort in, or, or thought or effort in my part. I didn't beseech it or provoke it or call it forth. I had no idea it was a possibility until it showed itself. Where? Through this life. Yeah. I learned about it through finding out. And then I learned about selfing by watching others who seem to be engaged in, the mind's engaged in the activity of being a self, seemingly, and I see what it's producing. It's manifesting in various ways and defeating them in this life. Yeah. There's not 8,000 crooks. There's one crook. And it's not even a crook. It's a parasitical movement. And if you want to call separate things, it's taken all of these hosts... Yeah? It's taking all of us and it's using us for transportation. It's using you to express itself through. Yeah? And every time it expresses through us, I bet you, as the afterthought, the you that you feel you are, will claim it to be the one that's doing it. That I'm the one who flipped out. I'm the one who did this. I'm the one who's thinking that. I'm the one who's feeling this. This is called the bondage of self. It's not like you were bonded in 1985 in Spokane, Washington. You know, a date, they put a little lock on and stuff like that. It's an activity of mind, yeah? If, you, if you're identified as this long-lasting, independent, separate entity, you are now the Petri dish of bondage of self, and that Petri dish is going to manifest 
the situations, the takes, the feelings, the uh, actions, the decisions that will defeat you in this life. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If it doesn't have the Petri dish to grow, it can't grow, it cannot manifest. It has to have the Petri dish. And the Petri dish is you and I, the mind, entertaining this incredible impossibility that it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body. Yeah? Who's the thinker, the doer, the haver, the feeler, the mover, the shaker, the alpha, and the omega. Yeah? You want to call it playing God? It suits it pretty well. And in that playing God, you're defeated by that act. What's the biggest defeat? Is that in the remembering of what you're not, you seemingly forget what you are. That's the biggest fucking loss. Yeah. Then you make it. Then you. Then all you got to go with is concepts about it. You think you know what it is, what awakening would look like, or enlightenment looks like, and this and that. You know. I had this guy on. Somebody sent me a, a thing through Facebook. Never even. You know. I have all these friends on Facebook. I don't know any of them. And it seems like this man has been giving, like, spiritual tidbits on Facebook, and he's been severely attacked by other people who think they have a superior understanding. And he had this, like, like a blanket statement he sent to all these people that are on his list or my list, whatever. And it was three pages of this poor guy getting attacked by these pseudo, like, Biter or non-duality Pharisees, basically, because he's not, he's not clear enough. And this poor dude, all he wanted to do was probably be of help. He's just been whacked completely on social media. <laughs> I said, Jesus Christ. This is not about being right. There's no levels of hierarchy. It's about having an ease and comfort in your own skin right now. Yeah? So that what? So that you can more easily navigate today. Yeah? And actually be rooted in the fact that this is the only thing that's going on. Instead of being unrooted and being taken by seas of the past and the future fucking all day. Yeah? You're never even locating in the right harbor that you're planning your, your, your journey from. <laughs> you're assuming you're somewhere that you're not all day. It's so much simpler. Yeah. I could say the stupidest thing, the most unauthentic thing, and if the mind wanted to use it to catapult itself into freedom, it could, and it would. Yeah? It's the mind. Everything here is just a tickler. <laughs> no one is authenticating a message with language. It's a tickler to go to the real message, which is you and I. Yeah? Whatever triggers that has value. Yeah? Whatever triggers it has value. If it's a joke, if it's some kind of parody, if it's satire, if it's a message, whatever it is, that's what, that's it. Yeah, Mind is what gives meaning to everything. Yeah. The message isn't giving meaning to mind. The message is dropping in a possibility to the mind, and then the mind gives it meaning. Some people get an aha, and they start traveling lighter from that day on. Other people just try to collect it and put it on their little spiritual mantelpiece. So oh, I've heard this teacher, he's the 30th person, and he's sort of funny, but, but, but I like the guy who has the loving gaze and is very quiet. And, you know, I don't like this. You know? So it's like having little action figure dolls that you can pick to play with every other day. Yeah. It's not that. It's you and I. We're the message. We're the product.
if somebody if somebody left here and said, oh, I really that guy Paul is something else, you missed the whole fucking point of the message. The message, no, you're something else. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you are truly something else. It's actually nothing, but you are something else. Oh, I think he's great. No, shoot the fucking Buddha. You see him on the street. It's you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a picture of a saint, it's probably not going to, unless you give it a great meaning, the saint, that picture is not going to promote a better day for you unless the mind wants to use it to promote a better day for you. Yeah, that's fine. Why not just let mind promote the better day for you? Why have any little, why have any sticks of magic? Why not just rely on the true essence of mind, the nothingness, the always available at all times, because it's not of time, it's of timelessness. Yeah? Why not put you rest your head there? What would happen if that picture starts fading or someone steals your wallet and there it goes? Yeah. felt sorry for this guy, this Facebook dude. They have a, they have to put like a three-page disclaimer. That's way too much work for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't even put anything on Facebook. What do you think that's a? Well, I guess mine can use it as anything it wants, but I swear, I don't think that's where the spiritual debate should be held. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Come to a live meeting. Yeah? Feel the energy of the space. Look at the sky. It's a perfect example of our own mind. Totally, totally, totally empty today. Yeah? Not a cloud to be had. There's not a bird right this second flying in it. And there's it's just this pulsating center of light right there. Yeah? <laughs> Doesn't that just suck you right up? To me, it's just unbelievable. If you actually appeared in the sky, you'd be such a small little speck. Yeah. You'd be not even noticed. The only thing that maybe draw your attention to it, it was about you. Anyone else who was looking at you as an object, you wouldn't even see it. You know what I mean? Do you see me? I'm right there. No, I can't see that. I can't see you at all. No, right there. No, I can't notice you. I don't see you. <laughs> the self for it to seem big has to be in a very small space. Yeah? For you to be the center of the universe, your universe has to be really small. When an idea is given up, then the universe is it's let it's allowed to be at the size it is, and then you get a sense of your true nature. Yes, open, clear, fucking abundantly infinite. Yeah. Enough to dispense all this light. All this light is being dispensed through this vehicle of the sky. Yeah. Every bit of it, every sunbeam is being allowed to dictate its communication with us as this object through the sky. Everyone. 
doesn't Jesus say you're the way, the light, and this and that, or he's the way? You think he was just talking about Jesus, the, the carpenter? When he said the kingdom of heaven is within you, do you really think it was your body? Heaven would be pretty small. <laughs> you know what I mean? There'd be very little parking in here. The kingdom of heaven was in this. So, but when we hear the term you, we take it to be us, this body, don't you? That's the language. The language takes the you to be a body. The mental process takes the you, yeah? Takes this idea of you and places it on this as being a body. So it can be thought about all day. So when you hear something, the kingdom of heaven is within you, you start looking where? <laughs> In the body. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> yeah. Because the you that you are is is what the kingdom of heaven is in. Yeah, everything is in that. You make these mistakes because the the language promotes self-centeredness. It promotes being an object, while the subjectivity is moving through it, and how it makes sense of the subjectivity. It claims it as an activity that the object is doing. So I become the thinker. I become the feeler. I become the hearer, the taster, the smeller, the toucher. Yeah? And then, once you own the thoughts, they own you. Once you own the feelings, they own you. Once you own the actions, they definitely own you. Yeah? Everything you touch and claim ends up being the activity of how the facilitation of you being claimed by the selfing occurs. Every one of them. Every thought is held as being yours. It's using every thought to facilitate the bondage of self. It's using every feeling held as your feeling to facilitate the bondage of self. It's using every vision that you think you're having to facilitate the bondage of self. It's a constant claiming, a constant advertising campaign to keep the mind, through interest and attention, engaged in this act of being identified as what it's not. Yeah? The glue has to be applied all day because it can never truly bind. It cannot happen. But if you apply it all day and you look at it after a while, it seems like it's happened. Yeah? If it goes fast enough, it seems like it's that. Yeah? Apply, apply, apply. Every thought held as mine. You don't even see it as a thought. You never even see the thought that I'm the thinker, ever. You very rarely recognize it. But you recognize the thoughts that you've been the thinker of. Yeah? You never recognize the feeling of being the feeler, the haver, the doer, the one who's receiving the feeling. Very rarely do you recognize that, but you recognize all the other feelings from there. You recognize all the other feelings from the feeler. You recognize all the thoughts from the thinker. You see it? It's been a heist. What life was telling us is now muted, and now we're listening to the mental story. Yeah? What life is telling us all day is now muted, and now we're listening to the mental story about it. Check it out. See it for yourself. See the difference between a thought and your thought. Yeah. Let's say in someone who loves you or you love them, and they're totally flipped out, and they're trying to express maybe that you're the cause of it, but you have a distinct separation from them because it's their thoughts. Yeah. Yet, if you held the same thoughts about them, you'd be infuriated they weren't understanding you. Yeah? <laughs> you don't, what's the difference? I see them as hers, and I'm looking at from their mind. 
That's the difference. Yeah? All day. All day. So what happens when you do service and you get out of self? Your mind gets in, disengaged by that activity. You're not remembered. And in the forgetfulness of self, you feel fucking pretty good. Yeah. Yet, what happens? The selfing regroups, claims the service, and says, I'm the one who felt that really good, and I'm going to do more service. And so now you become a great servicer, you know, or a great sponsor, stuff like that. And now the sponsoring is being used to facilitate the bondage of self. Now the service is being used to facilitate the bondage of self. Yeah, just like that. Heist gets regrouped. You catch it right in, you catch it with its hands in the till. And yet immediately thereafter, you forget and its hands in the till again. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. You see it all in a split second and then you forget it in a split second. Yeah. And then the heist continues on and on and on and on and on. And you have a whopping story to tell. <laughs> You've got a lot of adver- adversaries in it, a lot of protagonists, a lot of antagonists, a lot of reasons why things didn't go well, and a lot of reasons why things did go well. And it's a big fucking huffing, puffing story. doesn't matter. It's not helping you. It seems to be occurring, right? Yeah. The best thing is don't even worry about if it's occurring. Just ask who is it occurring to. Yeah? Who is it that it's occurring to? See, does the occurrence have more emphasis or does the you that it's occurring to have more emphasis? I guarantee you'll see this is the way to your one. Why waste your time here when this is what's distributing the weight? Yeah? Why? Why try to lessen the load that you put on the truck? Yeah? Because if a car comes by, you'll put a load on that. Sports car, a load on that. Sailing boat, a load on that. This is what's giving the load, not the sailing boat, the sports car, the car. This is, like Ramana Maharshi said, a great master. You don't have to give up your possessions. Give up the possessor. Yeah? You don't have to give up the meanings that you've given things. Give up the being the meaning giver. Yeah. Then it changes. This has been given a meaning. This isn't what's giving everything a meaning. This is being used. This is the basis of the system of meaning giving. It's called self-centeredness. This is not what's giving meaning. This is facilitating a meaning being given. And this itself has been given a meaning. And the meaning in the selfing's point of view is it's me. That you're the crowned achievement and all these people, all these yous, you're the only me there is. Yeah? And now you're in the sense, you're in the system called self-centeredness. You're totally centered on self. And from there, meaning's being given all day. Yeah. So how do you give up that sense of self? You don't give it up. Realize you're not that. Then there's no need even to give it up. Just question it. Drop it in. Let's say if you're worrying about next week. Don't put the emphasis on what you're worrying about or the length of time you're worrying about it, but who's the worrier? 
ask a very simple, subjective question. Who's the worrier about next week? That's what's giving the importance to next week. Next week is not giving itself importance. It's not happening. You are, yeah? Change that. See if this is solid. If it's not solid, it could be different. <laughs> and I found it, de- it definitely can be different, yeah? I found the real relief came not from freedom as a self, but from self, yeah? And all I did was hear this message in a different venue. I let It came in, and I entertained the possibilities that ensued. And there were many possibilities that ensued, which was one of the first big statements I heard was from the Course in Miracles, this thing called Lesson 2, and it was, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That was an incredible bitch slap for me, and it's, it still is for now 20-something years. That opened up unbelievable activity in mind, yeah? I've given everything all the meaning it has. Instead of having all my attention on getting all this together... I withdrew and moved this way and saw in the admittance that this is not together, that I'm totally overwhelmed, that I'm not managerial quality. That's how the outside got together. Not by my managing it, by my realizing I'm not managerial quality. Yeah? That's when the relief started to occur. Before, after, before that, it was all therapy in some level. I was trying to massage the self into being a better one. I massage it by sitting 13 hours a day. I massage it by letting things that weren't supposed to be nice to be nice. You know, give me permission to fuck up. And all this working, and yet the clinching or the contraction of selfing is, was still there. Just surrounding anything I came in contact with, spirituality, just claim the fuck out of it and neuter it. Yeah? I heard this message. It changed everything. Because something happened. My mind... This is the one seed that really germinated, and it just and it's been blossoming ever since. To me, I call it like an unspoken yes or the last answer or whatever. But this is this is the one that did it, so to speak. You know, did what didn't need to be done. <laughs> That's what happened. It did what didn't need to be done. Then I was freed from the need to be liberated. Hallelujah. Yeah, I see this commercial Lowe's department stores. It says. I think I got it right. Never stop improving. <laughs> to me, that's slavery. <laughs> Never stop improving. Fuck it. <laughs> put the rock down, bro. Put the rock down. And the best way to put the rock down is realize you never picked it up, actually. <laughs> that's the best way. Because if you put it down, you're definitely going to pick it up. If you give yourself the ability to put something down, you've also given yourself the ability to pick it up. That's not work. That does not work. You realize, I cannot be in something, therefore I can't, there's no need to get out of it. Hallelujah. That work takes no time. Yeah? That's what I'm saying. There is no stable real reality called self. It's a mental activity called selfing. Yeah? And we're bonded to the idea of that selfing, the idea that it's presenting, because we take it to be us. Its glue is identification. Yeah? So even if it's the worst shit that ever happened to you, you're paying tons of attention to it as if it was the best shit that ever happened to you. Because it's not about worst or best. It's about you. It's about it's about you. Yeah? That's what's intriguing us and grabbing our attention. And if our attention is enslaved to that idea, it's not here to enter, enrich our life today. Yeah? Because selfing doesn't live here. It lives in the time. 
It's all about what you were and what you're going to be. Very rarely about what is now. Yeah? And then you're enslaved there. You may not even want to think about, you may not even want to pay attention to thoughts about the past, but you can't help yourself. You have no power in that situation. You've been co-opted. You've been taken over. Yeah? So now you're enslaved to the ideas of how you were and enslaved to the worries about how you're going to be. And you're and it's affecting how you seemingly are now. Yeah? I'm telling you, ultimately, it cannot affect how you are now. What you are is not based on conditions. It outshines conditions and circumstances. So it's not being matured or formed or stinted by circumstances and situations unless you believe those circumstances and situations have the power to do that. That's the only way it can come to pass. Yeah? You have to be in cahoots. You have to give what isn't real the seeming reality it has. You're the only reality there is, you and I. Not as Paul and Tony and John C., but as mind. I don't even like to, as mind is not a thing, as mind. This is why we do these talks, I think, I believe, anyway. They're like reminders. And that's all the mind needs occasionally. It needs a couple of reminders. This week's things will probably pop in you. And you may see things differently, a few, here and there. Yeah, come back, listen to another talk, and cook it up, see what happens. And then if, let's say, if a thought, the difference between a thought and my thought is huge, what can you do? Can you stop the thoughts? Probably not. But you can definitely question the my that occurs. Yeah? Because you can actually study that and see, this is, this is presupposing that I'm the doer of something I have nothing to do with. Yeah? How could that, how could that produce good results? You know? if, I'm a, if something seems to be driving me crazy, which is the thoughts, what's allowing that to happen isn't the thought, it's the my. Yeah? I can question that. Am I the thinker? Find out. I found I'm not. And when I realized I wasn't, the thoughts had less power over me. Because the power they were lording over me was my own power that I was freely giving to them through the identification as being the thinker. That's what. I own something, it owns me. Yes? I own something, it owns me. When you were a kid, did one feeling during the day be able to ruin your whole day? No. You may flip out and have a tantrum for five minutes, and then you're back to the next feeling, yeah? Feelings were coming and going much quicker, much, much quicker. What happened? Some people have think they had a feeling 20 years ago, and they're still attempting to recover from that. They're still lighting vigils to it. They're still explaining everything, all their failures based on that. You see the difference? When you're a kid, a feeling's a feeling. When you get older, they're your feelings. <laughs> I shouldn't be having feelings like this. When you were a kid, did you ever have that thought come by when a feeling came? When you were ready to flip out when you were two? Do you, I shouldn't be having this feeling. No. <laughs> the flip out just occurred quite easily. Yeah? And then it disappeared quite easily. Now, feeling comes... It gets neutered by claiming it. Now it's your feeling. It's Let's see how... And then it's coupled with other seeming feelings you've had. And now you've got this huge train of feelings that you are now a passenger on. Yeah. It, you're owned by the feeling. 
And the thought, I've seen people's whole day be ruined by one fucking thought. One thought, two thoughts, maybe two or three thoughts put together ruin their whole day, seemingly, seemingly. Yeah? What happened? Was it the thoughts? It was your belief in the thoughts. Where did that belief stem from? Not from the thoughts, but from the mind as the thinker. Yeah? To validate that you're the thinker, the thoughts have to seem real. Yeah? To validate that you're the thinker, you want only good feelings. To validate that you're the thinker, you want only good thoughts. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah? If, you're, if your day is dictated by thoughts, you're living on a seesaw. If your day is dictated by feelings, you're living on a seesaw. If your recovery is dictated by thoughts or feeling, you're living on a seesaw. You have to have a commitment. Yeah? Well, use that idea in recovery to this idea. Commit yourself, in a sense. It's called abstinence in a weird way. Your mind starts abstaining from the thoughts and interests and the feelings because it really gets that it's not there for its thoughts or its feelings. Yeah? And suddenly, miraculously, the thoughts and feelings don't have the power to affect you so much anymore. Yeah? Something happens here and then you seem to be free from that. You know, and then you realize that is from here. <laughs> This is dependent on this. I've seen, it, I've seen it demonstrated. I saw this woman in Australia. She had bone cancer, the last level. She was really, really, she was bedridden. Luckily, her, her husband somewhat well off, so she had, a, she had a living room where she was in. That was her room now, and she looked out in the garden. But her mind had something that shifted. You want to call it being awake, or she was awake to being awake. And I'll tell you, her space was so fucking attractive. I wanted, I wanted to see her more than anyone else on, in Western Australia when I there, just to sit around her. Because she was freed from the circumstances and situation that she seemed to be in or her body seemed to be in. She was totally, radically free from it. Yeah. Now that, to me, is a success. You have these demonstrations. Why is it that you remember, you forget a miracle that happens in the morning by 1 o'clock in the afternoon, but you remember a supposed resentment for 30 years? You've got to see the bias of the thought system. Your thought system wants to minimize the good and elongate the bad. If you feel really good, how long does it last until you get suspicious? When are they going to find out I don't deserve this? Or da, da, da. But if you feel bad, it... it, it it portends a lifelong depression like that. The mind just goes, just elongates it, unbelievably. Just shoots it with so much time. Yeah. That's its theme. Do you want to live under that theme every day for the rest of your life? Trying to make do with that? It's slavery, big time. And there's a possibility. The freedom lies right where the seeming slavery is occurring. And it's only seemingly so. The slavery has its slavery based on you. You cannot be enslaved on yours unless you're a willing. Yeah? So, yeah. I don't think you can take anymore. Yeah.
You know what? If you bitch slap enough too many times, it gets to be abusive. You gotta stop. So let the people walk away and come to their senses. <laughs> so I'd like to get some. Luckily, we're not in the days of swords because there would be there would be damage here at meetings. We'd be cutting each other's heads off. Oh, just had enough. This would be perfect lineup. All your necks are certain, almost the same thing. I could do a and then cut mine off too at the end. That'd be good. That'd be a nice saying. There'll be no more meetings. Eight of eight of the participants were beheaded at the last. Then bitch slaps talk. <laughs> no one, their heads were never found. <laughs> they rolled off somewhere. <laughs> you can hear it on the, you can hear it on the recording. You'll hear this giant whoosh, like a wind coming from the celestial spheres. Endless possibilities. Yeah. Endless. <laughs> 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 <laughs>